Are you ready? Okay, Smokey. Roll him. <laughs> That's silly. Shoot him now! Shoot him now! Yada, 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 introductory segment of Looney Tunes podcast. Blah, 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 pronounce name, Mark Hallam. Joined by introduced fellow co-host. Yada, yada, dirty joke at the, at the expense of my own bisexuality, Jordan Schmidt. Uh, yada, yada, uh, yakety, yakety, uh, mention the fact that we covered this show uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, we didn't really know what to think about it. Uh, a bizarre allusion to the fact that these episodes kind of threw us for a bit of a loop. Uh, yada yada dick joke. Yes. So, the show we're covering today... <laughs> be so funny if you went, all that. The shorts we're covering today. We don't even say the name, just go into it. No, um, no, no. No, but um, we're covering more Tasmania today. That's uh, so yes, we're we covering. Are. And we're covering. <laughs> Yo, know, it, it's so funny because I, I thought for sure, Jordan, we covered Tasmania years ago. Um, for those keeping track, um, it's the one about the wombat. It's that yes. one. We we did we did one that we didn't love because it was the show trying to have other characters, and the one we liked was the one where it actually decided to be a Taz cartoon. Exactly. And yeah. So we we were like, okay, well, why is it trying to do something else? And um, so you know. we we come back to Tasmania because our next episode is our movie episode on Taz Quest for Burgers. Huh? So I figured, hey. That's a Taz adventure. Let's look at some previous Taz adventures that weren't conventionally from the Golden Era. And I have because okay, I picked these at kind of random. Um, I I went onto the episode guide of Tasmania and saw oh. They did road to episodes, like road to Tasmania, yeah. yet another road to Tasmania. So from from last week's show, Jordan, you're excited, like, oh my god, more Bing Crosby, hell yeah. And we do kind of get that. I had forgotten, actually, that <laughs> Taz's dad is actually Maurice LaMarche doing his Bing Crosby episode uh, impression. Yeah. And I don't know how I forgot that because it was such it was one of the things I liked about the first episode where just more Taz's dad is just, you know, traditional 1950s father that sounds like Bing Crosby. Hey, sport, why don't you put that down? <laughs> I love that character. Um, but I, I, I initially um, I initially compared that character to an early version of Maurice's voice for father. Father is more of, I believe, a Charlton Heston kind of voice, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this is pure big. Bombastic. Um and so because of that, the Tasmania writers were like, hey, we we know someone who could do a pretty decent Bob Hope impression. Let's do send-ups of the Road Two movies that start Bing yes. Crosby and Bob Hope because the yes, kids the, will love it. The person that they had who can do the Bob Hope impression is conveniently the person who has also been doing the Bing Crosby impression. Maurice Lamarche oh. is that good. 
He's that oh, good. Oh shit. That that is incredible. That's actually yeah. really funny. He can do both of them. So yeah. Those are the episodes you're covering today. Road to Tasmania and yet another road to Tasmania. Two yeah. episodes picked at random that I don't think Jerome could have ever predicted. Oh, these are going to be weird. These are going to be odd to talk about. No. We picked two because of the Bing Crosby connection. And even then it's tenuous because they all kind of have Bing Crosby in them. Yeah. But we're like, okay, this will be a nice time. And what we discovered was something odder than we imagined. Something that I think... I don't know if other Looney Tunes fans were aware of just how strange a lot of these got. But there's just some... There's some energy here that I, I think more people need to be aware of. And that's why I think I'm glad that we're doing these episodes. And that we're... we're th this might be imp more important than the one we're doing next week on the movie. The movie, you know, it's, it's, huh. it's, it is what it is. It's a kid's movie. It's, it's dark TV. This is like important findings in the world of the Looney Tunes. This is like, you know, front page. No, you shit. know that no one's covering these two episodes. No one's covering no. these episodes before. No. And the masses need to know about it. They, they so, do. They do. So we're going to crack into these. Um, and, and again, like going into this, we had baseline knowledge of Tasmania. I think... Uh, I must have said this sometime in the lead up this year, but I I recall my, my intro to Taz was maybe not watching this show, but the existence of this show and me thinking that it was three different characters, Taz, Mani, and Devil. And I thought that's what his, his brother and sister were named, I think. Which, to be absolutely fair, when I was watching the first episode that... It's the only one that stars the siblings, kind of, and then the very beginning yeah. of this first episode. Even then, I had to go, oh, right, the brother's name is, like, Jack, right? Like, like it's it's some, like, random, like, average name or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like, the sister's name, Dizzy. Yeah, no, that's from Tiny Tunes. <laughs> right? What's the sister's name? God, I could... Because, like, we covered an episode where she was the lead. I think I would remember the goddamn God. Name. I forget their names because they're barely it's in Molly. Holly. Yeah, Molly. M Molly, yeah. Yeah, no, they have name names like Jean and Molly. And it's weird that it's like like this sort of traditional American family environment that also has Taz in it. And, and there's just something wild about that concept to begin with before you even get into the weirdness that is these episodes. So. Shall I get into the first one? Please do. So the first one is the aptly titled Road to Tasmania, which was released on December 14th, 1991. Passe sports one. Uh, Desmond Howard of Michigan wins the Heisman Trophy. He had an NFL career, but he's more well-known for winning the Heisman and in a touchdown drive uh, doing the pose of, of the Heisman Trophy. And people were like, hey, wait a minute. You can't do that. Yeah, flashy player. In terms of the, uh, the song thing, uh, number one in the U.S., Black or White by Michael Jackson. Number one in the U.K. was Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Elton John and George Michael. I would honestly give it to the U.K. Yeah, That's a really good cover. Yeah. It's a really good rendition of that song. It is, honestly. Also, and I found this really cool, because uh, I, I when it's contemporary, I try and gauge what was in theaters on that day. And you know how... Um, People made a big deal this year about Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day because it's two very different <laughs> uh -huh. types of movies having the same uh -huh. premiere. 
Well, literally on December 13th, 1991, the Friday, the day before this, you know, the Friday when the movies come out, you could have gone to see one of two premieres at the theater. You could have gone to see Steven Spielberg's Hook, which okay, great movie. Or you could have gone to see the edgier choice, um, Tony Scott's The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. So you get Spielberg or Shane Black. What do you want? I what I what I hear is a good time at the movies. <laughs> That's actually it. Absolutely is. Weekend. Both of those movies are movies that are inherently flawed, but I enjoy are, them both. I think Hook are, is the better one. But what would what would the combination name be? Like the the, the last Hook Scout? Black and Hook. Also, if you didn't want to catch one of those two, there were still plenty of movies out that week. You could catch Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, uh, The Addams Family, or uh, Beauty okay. and the Beast. So. Okay. So that's still pretty great. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not so. bad at all. Absolutely. Road to Tasmania was directed by Gary Hardy, written as I believe both of these would be by Art Vitello and Mark Saracini. I don't have a ton of background on this because because this show isn't well known enough that these episodes would make them do a oral history on it and we would have to grab both writers and go, what were you thinking? So there's no background that I could find. It's very much, hey, we have Maurice LaMarche on the schedule. He can do a good Bing Crosby and a good Bing Crosby and a good Bob Hope. <laughs> and a good Bing Crosby. Um, yeah, so. And also a good Bing Crosby. So why not? Um, <laughs> and did I mention he does a good Bing Crosby? Why not um, yeah. have him do both? And also his Bing Crosby. And they said yes, but can Maurice do his Bing Crosby? And so he did that as well as his Bing Crosby. And then um, you make one flub and I, I don't make you forget it. Folks, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to unplug Jordan and plug him back in again. I apologize. Uh, this faulty right new back. mic. Damn it. Uh, Damn. But, but yeah, um, so the whole premise of this cartoon, not that you're going to need it for very long, is that um, uh, they're getting a visit from Hugh's brother, Drew, Uncle Drew. Uh, do you want to get the Kyrie Irving? Do you want to get the Kyrie Irving joke out of the way now or Pepper in, in later? Whichever's best. All right, we'll do it now. Uh, uh you know, Maurice LaMarche plays Uncle Drew. He did far better than Kyrie Irving in that blasted Uncle Drew movie. Um, <laughs> not much of a joke, but there you go. No, not really. Yeah. All right, whatever. It's worth a shot. Again, as it's it's funnier than a lot of Bob Hope's jokes than this one. But yeah, so the whole thing is that, you know, Uncle Drew is in town. And the, the opening of this isn't much because it's just, you know, it's it's at home. Commotion at home. Taz so in his cave. Running into his, his brother So this is first season. This is first season Tasmania. Yeah. And you can tell this is, um, which was an issue we had when we covered the uh, episode of season one of Tasmania, which is the first season is just like Taz is a teenager and he has to deal with like family sitcom plots from the 90s, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And this opening reflects that a lot and also is just, it's just th- like this could be any family. It being Taz does really add anything to it. Yeah, there, there. The, a lot of the concepts of this, especially early on, is just fucking the pastiche. It's just like, isn't this weird that we're just treating it normally, and the Tasmanian Devil is here, and that it's just like you know the the American family with Tasmanian Devil. Something else I realized while watching this episode. Yeah. The father can speak normally. The mother can speak normally. The little brother can speak normally. The little sister can speak normally. 
but Taz is still speaking like Taz. I think I might have said this in our first Tasmania episode, but um, kind of a neurodiversity allegory, don't you think? <laughs> a little. I, I think so. I think you so. Know, you know, it's not, it, it had... Oh, save it for your video essay. (laughs) (laughs) I will if the fucking YouTube commenter stopped trying to crucify me in there. (laughs) It's too autistic up mine. Uh, But yeah, so the whole thing is like, oh, everybody come downstairs. Uncle Drew is in town. It's my brother. We used to go on plenty of adventures together. I'm going to be doing this Bing Crosby impression through the whole thing. I love doing this voice. That's honestly what I was doing during the Bing impression. I was just doing um, Taz's dad because it's just a fun voice. Hey, it's just—it's fun to do. It hey, really listen, is. Senior, senior. How about you? Yeah. Uh, you prefer outside and wait there for Uncle Drew to show up. And oh, look, here's a limo. Uncle Drew's rich. Yeah, the whole thing is that like it's it's Bob Hope, and he comes in a, a limo slash golf cart because Bob Hope is fond of golfing. And you know Bob Hope gets out of the car, and you know it's it, it's Bob Hope. It's it's you know. Hey kids, it's Bob Hope. Yeah, you know we we already went over the fact in the Tiny Toons Christmas special that you know kids aren't exactly going to laugh at the Bob Hope jokes, but um, but yeah, the second Taz's dad bounds in with his Bing Crosby, you know full well why they did this, so they can do all these Hope and Crosby jokes them waiting to do, and of course these two characters bounce off each other perfectly. That's the reason why we have two of them. Tasmania, that's Sanskrit for up to your armpits and polyester. <laughs> my my my, look what the cat dragged in. Good to see you, old boy. Let's not bring up anyone's age, old timer. Hey, they got your birth certificate in the Smithsonian. Well, let me get a look at you. You're a sight for sore eyes, little brother. Hey, and you're a pretty sore sight yourself. Maurice is good at both of these voices. Like, hey, why don't you... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can't do a Bajo, but I can do a pig. So yeah, which... This will be difficult. Which, I mean, listen, I don't know how they recorded this, but I don't know if this was Maurice actually going back and forth or it, or if it was... Record all the Bing lines and record all the Hope lines. I think but he did them It's good chemistry. It, it's it, it, it comes across really well. Yeah, he has good chemistry with himself. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, there were there were some good lines in this bit of it where it was because um, Drew, Drew's getting some some prizes from out of its trunk to give to the kids. He goes, besides, my accountant can write it off under bribes, um, which is funny. Okay. And of course, he gets a giant steak yeah. for Taz, which. Sure, you know, gifts and also a giant steak. Like he knows his he knows his nephews and nieces. That's great. But yeah, it, it, we we go we go on to the, the the conflict of this, which is they try and have a nice American breakfast, but they're um, out of orange juice, which leads to the great line of you know either the oranges are on strike or we're the victims of the great juice heist. <laughs> so, like what you're saying, Jordan? Oh God! Is that they are out? Of a citrusy drink. The second I figured out there was a citrus connection, I went to Mark and I'm like, citrus, you say? Because there's no actual, because they're all out of orange juice in both of these, there's no opportunity for anybody to glug a citrus product like the uh, <laughs> like the fine like the fine folks at Tang. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's really funny? That's really funny, Jordan. That also, when did Tang launch that new marketing campaign with the chimp with the uh, orangutan? When was that? Mid to late nineties. 
So there's a very real chance. God, now I want someone to go to their VHS collection of recordings and go like, oh, hey, I, I have the premiere um, tape from this episode when it aired on Kids WB or whatever. Yeah. And just once, just during the commercial print, just an ad for Tang. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. That's no, great. Sure. You know what they should have tried? Just to make sure they what? were clear with uh, what they were doing in the 60s. They should have had... They should have made the monkey try to drink Tang. All right. All right, Bubbles. You take it. No, no, no. Stop struggling. It's only citrus. You know. You get a brand new microphone, Jordan, and what do you do? You make monkey, monkey noises. noises into it. Yeah. <laughs> You know that's what they that's what they intended when, when my folks got me this for for, for Christmas. They're like, he's going to make wonderful monkey noises into this. We're so proud of him. Uh, so but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it's like they're out. Of, oh, it looks like we're out of orange juice. I'll go down to the store and get some. And it turns into you know uh, uh, Uncle Drew wanting to come as well come as well when it's and just the line you mean you and me on the road together hey what's the problem it'll be like old times that's what i'm afraid of oh now i know what this episode's gonna be <laughs> and it's just you just see you know obviously they have history in, in road two like they talk about some of their previous travels as brothers i was like the last time we went on the road together was bombay it was calcutta and what are you complaining about you know they're not being subtle at all about no, this. No, they're not. But it, they're good at writing these, and they're having fun. The writers are having fun. That's the thing you can say about both of these. Yeah. The writers are having a good time, and who can blame them? I love how they present this, I guess, we're going on a road trip to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, of the course, big... Taz comes with them, because, of course, it's as they say later, it's oh. Taz's show. Oh, t- oh, Taz comes with, and like the whole character's like, oh yeah, and, and Taz, he can tag along, and then Taz does a disco move. Yeah, sure, <laughs> fine. I don't know why he did it either. But there's whole this this bit as they're driving, where Hugh talks about all of the semantics of bottling and squeezing orange juice, and it turns into almost a documentary on. On how orange juice is made. First of all, it's it's set up by um, Uncle Drew going, You mean there's a difference? He inquired, expecting the worst, which is funny. But like, it, it, it's so because we, we interrupt this Tasmania cartoon to bring you an informative documentary about oranges. <laughs> like, what? Which is moment one of a couple moments that we've seen in episodes called you're trolling me, and I kind of like it. Yeah. There's a little part that's like, this is fucking bonkers, and I shouldn't be liking this as much as I am, because yeah. you're clearly trolling me, but god damn it, the balls. The balls, just like, the no one should expect this from yeah. No one should expect this from a fucking Tasmanian no. double cartoon. Because they go sure, into detail about... They go into detail about how they make the orange juice, and uh, there's so many good comedy details in here. You know, using sawdust as a pulp substitute. Oh, that explains the oak tree <laughs> aftertaste. <laughs> I just wrote in my notes six ex- six question marks. <laughs> like what? 
I like how, like, they they brought in nuclear scientists because the citrus of the the power of the citrus is too much. Nuclear researchers. This yeah. is wild. Oppenheimer it was sponsored by Tropicana. <laughs> <laughs> Tropenheimer. Exactly. Yeah. And Mark, I'm sending you the proof uh, in the uh, okay, in my yeah. notes. <laughs> just, the ex- just the question marks I put there, like, like what? <laughs> I didn't know how to react to this. I was loving it, but I was like, what the hell? So, <laughs> so of course, this puts them both to sleep. As we see, <laughs> our our end of yeah. end of Act yeah. One tag is something afoot going on. It's switching the sort of um, you know the, the signposts, and something mysterious is going on. And so they arrive at this. Um, at a supermarket that is is not conspicuous whatsoever, and I love how because Uncle Drew fell asleep and he's like uh, he's woken up like what is it is the cartoon over? Oh, contraire, mon frère, we're just getting to the good part. So they go and I, I love the writing in this. They go into this supermarket and it's crawling with spies and it's clearly some outpost for some spy handover thing and. It's all it, it shenanigans are happening here. Not all of them work for me. I, I love the gag where Drew has this sort of listening device and he puts it to what he thinks is a wall, but is actually a fat manager. You know, don't look now, but I think Godzilla went off his diet. Um, the one I liked is when the spies are kind of cornering him, them yeah. up, and the, and the Hope character does <clears throat> this very Bob Hope joke about like. A guy like he went to like Obuda, and he oh, said, yeah, they uh, "Make me one with everything." Hey, um, he, oh, he asked the guy to make him one of everything because wants me one of everything. I'm like, okay, that's a good Bob Hope joke. It is, yeah, that got me. Um, but the whole thing is that like the 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 manager of this um supermarket has is trying to do like a handoff of like you know classified materials, hiding it in an orange juice can- container, and thinks that the handoff man is Drew and or Hugh under a, you know, under a guise of something. And I love that, you know, because the code word is to have it freshly squeezed. And I love that the manager is trying to wink at Hugh and Hugh is not getting it at all. Like, you know, <laughs> and then just Drew bursts in going, better see someone about that Twitch. The Bob Hope impression is doing wonders for me what, in, mine? in this episode. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> no, Maurice. I'm not doing one. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree with you because it, it it's a good punctuator of of jokes and lines and moments, and I think they know when to use it properly. Yeah, but the thing about, also, the thing about the, I did yeah. I did write down here because when they are in the store, all the spies like the, the writing down has every move because while it's all going on. Um, Taz wants to play a video game. It turns out to be like a missile yeah. machine that blows him across the room. But yeah. what I liked is that yeah. as Taz is making every move, all the spies around him are writing down what he's doing as some yeah, like keep tabs. Yeah. And I wrote yeah. down here, um, oh, they're just the WB executives making sure that Tasmania will work out. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, okay, I'm not doing this gag properly. All right, you know, send note back to Spielberg or whatnot. <laughs> This isn't even Amazon. What am I saying? Um, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. 
but um but yeah so so there's this handoff that's made and again i didn't know that it, this was what it was when it was happening as it, it sort of explains it afterwards so there was a bit where this it's not clear what exactly is going on but once you have the one of the spies going in with a jess harnell british almost eric idol accent going i'm here for the fresh squeezed orange juice he said knowingly <laughs> And then it becomes clear that Hugh and George just interfered with a discreet handoff, and that's funny. And then the rest of the cartoon is somebody stopped them. And that's extremely silly. Yeah, I put it down here as um, as we begin uh, the chase, I think. I put down here, yeah. um, very cool. Why are they dealing with spies? <laughs> what? Why not? Why not? You know, it's not supposed to make sense. I think it, it's similar to the... Tweety and Sylvester, uh, Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries um, episode we covered where it was just, they were just being tailed by spies the whole time. And we didn't like that one because that one, I think, wasn't very well written. But this is at least like, okay, it's not, and you'll get this as you go on, but it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be this Obviously. secretive, like, nebulous thing that's going on. That... It's supposed to be like a send-up of the Road to movies. It's a conventional... I haven't seen many of them, but I would assume this is a very conventional type of road to plotline. They were just yeah, getting mixed up in some mixed up weird in business, some crazy shit. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that's, but and, and of course you get a road to gag right here where um, you know Drew is like, no, I'll drive, and, and you're like, no, I don't think so. Hey, it's Dorothy Lamore. Where? Works every time. Just the softness that that Maurice as as as, as Hugh goes where. Like, he wants to see Dorothy Lamar again. Perfect. And then, of course, there's this ridiculous driving bits. I like the little... No, no, I think he, do, like, he does, like, a turn or something, and there's this exchange of, you know, smooth. Sure was. How long did you say you've been with the Demolition Derby? So there's good lines here. Some of the most impressive animation stuff in this cartoon to me is the struggle that Taz has with a bunch of the spies wanting the orange juice on top of the car. There's just well-animated chaos going on and people just tussling back and forth and throwing him all over this desert landscape. And it's really well done. But it is averted in time for the, the second act break as, you know, it's like, okay, they get away, but, you know, there's still a third of the cartoon left. So how do they not get away? So they wind up at this talent show at, at this yeah. casino. Like, oh, hey, there's this casino here. That's our... Uh... Let's do the old act. Really? Yeah. You remember the old act? Of course I do. You always messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wait, no. <laughs> Can you blame me, though? Um, I mean, this bit feels like it's it's a way to give this cartoon a third act, despite getting away with the orange juice and, you know, firming up the conflict. Like, they got away, but it's like, you know what? We're about to get away, but let's do some more things so we won't get away. Yeah, that yeah, sounds good. It feels yeah. like that. But you know, again, if this was the second one, it would it would flagrantly say, "Wait a minute, we still have a third of the cartoon left. Let's go and do this for a little bit. We might run into the villains again." But we're not there yet. So we have them sneaking backstage and doing their and preparing for their bit. And I mean, there's an Ed Sullivan impression in here that, of course, there is because Bob Hope and Bing Crosby has already hit with the kids. Why not Ed Sullivan too? And of course, they hijack it, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do our thing." And I love being going to or somebody going to um, the orchestra and go, "Here you go, maestro. Try to hit at least every other note." And so while they're doing their show, which is a very 
old-fashioned vaudevillian sort of yes. motif. Um, the spies are all around the theater. Taz is the only one who knows them. Of course. And his whole thing is trying to get rid of the spies no matter how possible. Jumping yeah. on them through the through the floorboard. Um, going to the audience and throwing the crew around. I mean, random audience members around. Uh, lovely. No, it's it's just... <laughs> and, and the thing about it is that, like, there's not much to the whole dance sequence stuff that um, Hugh and Drew are doing. But I like the fact that it's so coordinated and they're just doing these dance moves in step while doing these lines. I like how they animated that, where they're just sort of absentmindedly talking and doing these while dancing. It's funny to see just two Tasmanian devils doing this orchestrated dance routine. <laughs> when you step back and go, this is ridiculous, I love it. You, you, you got to put it into perspective sometimes. Yeah. But you get, like, these Taz gags. Again, Taz is slightly sidelined in this one, but he still has funny things to do, like... I love the shot where all the spies are scuttling in behind Taz's back. And I also love Taz slamming the trap door as the spies pop out of it. There's a lot of really good, you know, bits here. And we are intercutting with the Hugh and Drew bits. I, I like that, you know, none of their jokes are getting anything. You know, I know they're out there. I can hear them checking for refunds. You know, it's good. Yeah, and the best one of these is the one I referenced, yes. which is them just breaking down what every single Bing Grazi Bob Hope interaction was which is and i'm gonna play it right here blah 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 witty repartee yakety schmack snappy retort ho 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 comic comeback ha <laughs> humorous insult about your posterior oh, wow. but it's also like it's the focus is on things happening backstage so the lines don't have to be the center of it in fact they can be filler lines you don't pay attention to so they made them the most exactly. derivative filler lines that are just a parody of themselves. So that's honestly kind of genius. Yes, yes. It, 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 yeah, it, it's the best bit of the episode, frankly. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Humor, humor's insult about your posterior. <laughs> yes. That was almost a the brain line, honestly. I, I say there's a humorous insult involving your posterior. I want to thigh, Bright. Wait a minute. I have a new, I have a new mic, so my brain my pinky impression won't cut out. Why? What fun? No, no. Rob Paulson shows him in the other oh, episode. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Which that was not planned. Oh no! no. Like, yeah, we do one as he has pinky and the brains. Like, nope, that's coincidence. No, no. We'll have Rob Paulson doing a freakazoid character in the next episode. But until then, um, <laughs> basic. That's basically what it is. I will get to that one. But yeah, yeah. they they get out of this and more shenanigans happen, and it's. Again, the whole thing about both of these is it, it's very much Taz inertia cartoons, and and it's very odd when Taz is the one being the inertia focus because we've talked about inertia cartoons like the um, the Mark Anthony and, and Pussyfoot ones, and where it's a character that it's it's it it is not anything to is not doing anything to interfere with the gags and gets along by inertia. Well, there was a there was a term I used like like ragdolling through, I think maybe, but I think so. So, Jordan, what you're saying is that Taz throughout this cartoon is an object in motion who's lost all emotion, and he doesn't... <laughs> I'm quoting an AJR song called Inertia. I'm sorry. Oh, right. Sorry. I I, I stopped listening to them after um, uh, after the, the third or fourth carnival music uh, thing they did. Um, <laughs> which one is that? I don't know. They all are. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, okay. No, no, no. They're actually pretty good. 
Yeah. I kid, I kid. No, the whole thing is that, like, at least Taz is a fun inertia character because while he's sort of cycling through gags without the other two noticing, he does funny things and is, like, active in them rather than just sort of ragdolling through everything. He's, like, you know, he's a good centerpiece for these gags. And it's also funny when people don't believe him and he's just sort of, you know, there exploded or something. He's like, oh, you must be really tired. And <laughs> so it's funny when it's happening to Taz because Taz is at least a funny character and can do these things suitably. So how do they get out of it? I forget how they get out of it. I just know they get out of it. They... Things happen and things fly around and the act and the act doesn't <laughs> succeed and they, they get out of there. And I know that I know that Taz, like, you know, knocks down all of the um all of the, the people like like it's like, like he, he he spins them all away, he knocks them down, and like like just runs yeah. into all the the spies and gets them out of there, and they but they all get out of there, and yeah. they get home, and I love the exchange of. Um, well, Taz, I hope we've all learned a valuable lesson here today. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. We didn't learn a darn thing. <laughs> okay. So then, this ending that I think we both didn't like. <laughs> yeah, cause you know. When you throw these random spies in there, you got got to think, oh, what's going on? There's some big like, because in fact, in fact, Jordan, after I saw the ending, I then went back and watched the documentary to be like, is there something in there about some organization who wants to take the Tasmania Orange or something? No, because the end of this cartoon is just them going. Well, okay, so, okay, son. Let's uh, let's look at let's look inside. Let's let's open the oranges. Open it. They scream, and then an Iris is out, and then opens back up again to have Bing Crosby dad say, oh, "Don't you hate when that happens?" Yeah, it's it's knowingly a anticlimax. It's knowingly a cop out of like I, I wrote in my notes here. You're not even going to tell us what was in there. And I think, again, that's the point. It's like, you know, well, if we told you what was in there, the cartoon would actually mean something, and we don't want it to do that. And I, I get that it was supposed to be, like, an intentional cop-out, but it's like, I still don't love cop-outs, because, like, as you sort of put it, like, you know, that means that the cartoon was nothing. It, it means that it, it, was it was all pointless. for nothing. Yeah, and, and, and I don't love that. Some say it's a waste of time. Others say a gigantic waste of time. I loved that, yeah. Um, it's just, it reminded me of, of one other thing. And it's something that Mark, I don't think you have any nostalgia for unless I'm very mistaken, but, um, there is a recurring character on the Disney channel slash ABC one Saturday morning slash where the fuck did they air it? Uh, uh, cartoon Timon and Pumbaa. Um, okay. I'm with you so far. Yeah. I think it might have been Disney Channel. I I honestly forget because it, 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 it was to, a two. It it and on Toon Disney. It, it yeah. everywhere. Man. I like, caught it on it, Toon it was, Disney. Yeah, it was the quintessential. We need something to show in the morning. That's after Playhouse Disney. Like like, it was clean enough where you could probably air it during Playhouse Disney and no one would really care. To be fair, I actually really enjoyed that show. So oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, there was this recurring character named Speedy the Snail that uh, Corey Burton voiced. And the whole thing, uh, he appeared in like two or three episodes, and the whole thing was that uh, it's a snail that Timon and Pimba initially are going to eat, but he's too cute and too accident-prone 
that they just can't, and they have to keep saving him. It's like, it's like um, if Pussyfoot mm-hmm. had more of a mouth on her, and it's just like getting the snail out of more and more scenarios. And it was, right. a, a Speedy the Snail uh, cartoon would always end with Timon and Pumbaa tearfully waving goodbye to Speedy the Snail, and Speedy the Snail immediately getting picked up by a seagull, <laughs> which is funny. Now, there's an episode in, I believe, season two, which is after Nathan Lane left, and they had a, a sound alike where Speedy the Snail is revealed to be a secret agent spy type that and has been the whole okay. time. And it's it's very much now, like, because it was a whole thing where, where it was Timon pretending to be a spy, and the, and the Speedy the Snail's like, hey, wait a minute, you're blowing my cover. I'm really doing this. And it's just, like, the reveal of that. And a lot of, like, things shouted in mystery. And then at the very end of the, the episode, the same ending again, where it's like, you know, on the next Timon and Pimba, and it's just this ending, and it's like waving goodbye to speed of the snail and he's picked up by a seagull and the seagull is actually from the enemy spy organization. And that's the last we see of speedy the snail. <laughs> so it's like, okay, don't explain anything. That's much less fun. I feel like I have to see it in order to understand your perspective. Cause that still sounds incredibly funny. It, the episode is called the man from jungle as in the man from uncle. Oh, so if you want to check it okay, out. Okay, that, okay. 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 Yeah. And again, there, there's a lot of very good to my episodes that, <laughs> If we ever do, in like 20 years, if we ever do the Disney um, afternoon ones, then we'll do that. But um, but yeah, no, it's like there's no resolution. It doesn't come back later. It's just, well, that was all for nothing. And and this has the same energy. Yeah, no resolution. Anyway, goodbye. Like, it's just, you know, why resolve it if the rest of it is just as ridiculous? Also, this is a very small thing. Uh, both these episodes are full 22 minutes. Yeah. So they took extra time to make sure that your time was wasted uh-huh oh my god but look that being said i actually really enjoyed this episode though i feel they were knowingly playing with with the expectations of a cartoon plot while also doing their own thing with this very silly hope and crosby plot like there's a lot of very fun moments and lines here. I like the insanity of them running into this spy plot and having to run from it. I love Taz as the inert character. I love the dynamic between Hugh and and Drew. I took some points off for the ending, but uh, I really enjoyed this, and I think that it's a very. I, I can see why the writers were fond of this one. I think this was this actually really worked. It's definitely it's a fun episode. I'll give them that. You can definitely tell they're having fun with it. I again, I do like the borderline troll nature of like, like there's no way that kids are gonna understand a single thing about this Bob Hope being crazy thing. But goddamn, it's funny. So why yeah. not? The parents would get a kick out of it, which yeah, I don't think Tasmania was that sort of show. And I, I don't think, I, well, given I don't know, I think the people who made Tasmania came from the from like the Amblin school of like try to make a cartoon for everybody. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, in my, my main issues with this is that, well, well, one, Taz is very much sidelined in his own, in his own show, which, yes, they make yeah. a joke about in the next one, but yes, still, Spy Things are so goddamn random, mm-hmm. um, it, I don't know, man, it was, it was weird, it's just, like, I, I understood what they were trying to do. But I also feel like my time was wasted, so I, I can't be too... But it was wasted in a funny way. Like, there's a lot of yeah, funny I things guess, in here that your time isn't completely wasted. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, we're going to just watch Paint Try with me, Bing Crosby. Oh, wow, that's trickling down. 
Like it's not like something like that. But even then, I'd probably <laughs> still enjoy it. Honestly, I would actually. Yeah, like, just hey, the marsh. Just yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, I I actually I did like this one. I I oh god, I'm I'm giving it a three point five out of five just because the ending sort of smarted. But I actually did enjoy this one. I'm gonna be a little more harsh. I'm gonna give it a two point five out of five. Whoa, two point five. Okay. Yeah. All right, I guess I'm gonna be the lighthearted one this episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shaw, sure, John. Shaw. So <laughs> that's not a bomb <laughs> hope. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I do not know. Okay. So this next episode here is yet another road to Tasmania. Came out on May eighth, nineteen ninety five. The number one song in the U.S. was Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Okay, this the is how we do it. The number one song in the U.K. was Dreamer by Live and Joy. I listened to a bit of it. I prefer This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Well, This Jordan. Is How We Do It is, is a, a certified banger. Like, I mean, yes. come on now. Now, Jordan, would it still be a banger if in the situation where you're hearing This Is How We Do It, it's during a flood in Louisiana. Is that is that what happened? On the, because do they play this a lot during the Hurricane Katrina? No. See, <laughs> on the morning of the evening of Monday, May eighth, nineteen ninety five, through the morning of Wednesday, May tenth, um, there were two distinct heavy rainfalls. Yeah, during the month of May in Louisiana. I guarantee you'll be drenched. <laughs> yes. By Wednesday morning, the storm total rainfall amounted to 10 to 20 inches. It would were coming among portions of southeast Louisiana and south Mississippi. Yeah, and it's already like, like so much there is already below sea level. When I was in um, New Orleans, uh, this was about like 11 or no, 12 years ago now because it's 2024 now. Um, it may not be when we're recording this, but it is when you're listening to it. Um, yeah. but they, the, 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 the cemeteries in New Orleans are like raised because everything is below sea level and they want to make sure that like, you know, things aren't completely fucked if there's another, you know, massive flood or hurricane. So like, you know, they, they, it's, everything's, it, it's a weird city. I'm going back there, I think, but, um, for something. But like no, it's a fascinating place. Louisiana is just fascinating. It's 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 weird that it exists. <laughs> and and I know we have listeners in Louisiana, including one very loyal listener in Louisiana. But and so it's a it's a very nice state. It's just as a northeasterner, I'm like, wow, it is odd down there. So this episode was directed by Douglas McCarthy, written by different writers actually. So one of them was from the first episode of Art. Vitello, who yeah. wrote on the first episode, but joined by Henry uh, Gilroy. So they're the writers okay. of this episode. And what this is, because when I saw the, the, the title, I was thinking, oh, it's another Uncle Drew and Uncle Hugh with Taz adventure. Yeah. And it is kind of that. Except they took a very interesting approach for for a, for a kid show especially which is 
from minutes one, they are going to make fun of and be meta about the first episode. It's like, hmm, I don't even know what I would describe it as. It's similar to something like the Powerpuff Girls' Monkey See Doggy 2, which is hinging <laughs> on a prior episode and pointing out all the things yeah. that were wrong with it. And, and making a joke yeah. out of things that you know, the dogs, the biting, the leaving. The dogs, the biting, the leaving. You know, uh, exactly. exactly. Which, it, it, when I met Roger, I should have had him say that. I, I, I regret not having him. Hey, Roger, could you say the dogs, the biting, the leaving for me? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, he doesn't talk like that, though. He talks like, hey, how's it going? I'm Roger. You know, he's a regular guy. Yeah. But, um, you know, good old guy from California, likes movies. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm like, there, it's rare that an entire cartoon is hinging on the lineage of a previous cartoon and just pointing out all the things that were derivative about it and being even more derivative. I think a a recent, in quotes example, I guess, would be uh, the big scoop from The Odd Parents, which was Chester and AJ's perspective of the episode from like season like one or two of The Odd Parents where like Timmy wishes he was like rich to impress Trixie. And that plot line's going on in the background as Chester and AJ are the reporters trying to be like, okay, why is Timmy like this all of a sudden? How is he able to get all these things? What's his, what does school have to do with it? Hmm. And um, it's a pretty good episode from what I remember. But um, yeah, like these type of stories do happen. But like for, for some reason you don't expect something like this to happen. And unlike those two examples, Jordan – they don't show footage from the first from that first episode. They don't no. reuse the animation. It's just Hugh and Drew from the beginning pretty much nailing down every single quirk or problem people could have had with, with that first episode. And it's just them being very self-aware and... Uh, yeah, it's it's friggin' Deadpool for Deadpool, man. I don't know. Like, it's, it's first of all, we don't even get much of a setup for this journey. We just start, no. and they're already on the road trip. And you even have Drew get go. Um, the, hey, I bet my staff a gag writer's joke encyclopedia that we're on an orange juice related junket. Yeah, that's right. You know. And 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 he even uses the term today's episode. Like again, we're starting at meta. It gives us a reason to be on the road where anything can happen. So they know what kind of episode this is going to be. And yet they do it. They just, they, it's like, okay, the three oh, of wait, us. And the- wait, the very first moment is them, because because uh, the, the, the copy that we watch has the Tasmania yeah. theme. And so they sing a version of the theme song. Road to Tasmania, road to Tasmania. We're going down that, yet another road to Tasmania. We mean you. No, you. No, you! <laughs> that song is wild. It's not only a, a send-up of the theme song, but of the Road 2 songs they did, and it's just self-aware enough. God, where do we begin with this? So... <laughs> so Taz has to go to the bathroom. That's yeah. his thing at the beginning. He has to go to the bathroom, like, oh, there's plenty of road stops. There's like a sign that says, like, you know... A road stop for little boys, forty thousand miles or something like that. I so love it. they wind right. up at the spy gas station, 
even more flagrant than the first time around. Yeah. And like they they're even they're playing on just everything from the first like like they they go in and the 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 person behind the counter at the gas station is a uh i patch wearing Rob Paulson character with a Scottish accent, which is a very amusing voice characterization from Rob. Yes, may I help you? We'd like to fill her up with your finest high octane combustible material. How drolly colloquial. Leaded or unleaded? Unleaded. Not like his posterior. We get the reveal of the management missing a cue and giving the gang a MacGuffin earlier. And this one is just way more ridiculous and flagrant than previous with even more code words. So it just seems like they're doing a parody of their first one, like with a bowling ball that's orange. And then there's specific code words, including the word wild, which is a word that Bob Hope uses like 30 times anyway. Which every time someone says the word wild... They play an audience sound effect of applause and they abuse yes. the fuck out of it. Listen, any show, any show that abuses the fuck out of a sound clip for comedic effect is shameful. Isn't that right, Joe Cocker? I knew what you were going to do within seconds. Yeah. Robert De Niro, what's so- your opinion on Bobby? Yo, Bobby! Also, Bugs, what do you think of that tang? Mm. Here's the thing. Here's what sums up this episode, and both of these episodes actually, perfectly. Where uh, Rob Paulson says to his spy people, he says, Get them or else! Or else what? You know, or else. (laughs) They're not even going to tell us what the actual plot is. It's just like, you know, or else. They're still not going to tell us. And I love how there's moments in this where the bad guy is such a stereotypical bad guy. That at certain points in the episode, he has to stop and go, wait a minute, I used that already? Takes out book, villain cliches, opens <laughs> it like, okay. Which, that seems like a freakazoid gag. Yeah, that's very Absolutely. freakazoid and Mel Brooksian in a way. It's that's, very much like... That's Ricardo Maltabon and freakazoid pretty much. But, um... And we'll, we'll get to him eventually at this rate. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like the rest of this is just going along with these, like, uh, uh, Hugh hands uh, Taz the bowling ball going, here, Taz, you'll probably get more comedic use out of this for the rest of the act than we will. As as it turns out, while they're in the gas station, the spies were gadgeting up their car. Yeah. For reasons. Literally, for reasons. I don't know why they they gadget up the car. I don't know either, but I don't think you're supposed to know because if you knew everything, then there'd be no point to the cartoon. Exactly. Um, as we get this really cool action sequence, I mean, yeah. of just, you know. And, and again, they mess with it so much. There's one moment where uh, the Bob Hope character is like, hey, um, should you press another button? And then just being quietly going, Yes, I think we should, because I think the kids would really like me to see, to see me push another random button on here. As he pushes a <laughs> random button, rockets go off. It's like... <laughs> I think it's more fun for the kids at home if I just keep randomly pushing buttons. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's great. Yeah. Also, like, the whole sequence of, of action, like, like my favorite part of that was the, the little awkward glance that Taz has to the people he just kicked out of the helicopter. Just like, <laughs> sorry, guys. 
And like all this is happening, and again, he's 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 ragdolling through the whole thing, but in a funny way because he's Taz, and it, it works for him. Yeah, it's it's a lot more better here than it was in the last episode. Um, I think it's around the same. Also, but yeah, no. Also, I, I really love the animation of Taz going through all these landmarks. Yeah, he goes by the Statue fun. of Liberty. He goes by the the Eiffel Tower, which brings him back. Goes into the helicopter, and like it's really good stuff here. And my favorite um, line from Taz in this is, as Taz's father accidentally set off the rockets, the rockets are coming towards the helicopter, and Taz just goes, Taz hate bullying. <laughs> That's great. But I, I, again, I love just, again, I love how oblivious that Hugh is in this one. You know, you know, I think we ought to ask Taz which bowling alley we should try out. Taz falls back into the car. And then Drew just goes, "Yeah, where's your manners? It's his show." I love, I love that. Th- there's no effort to not be meta, and I kind of love it. It's, res- it's, it's mileage may vary, a, but I love it. It's trolling to a respectable degree, and uh, uh, I'll say, I'll say my thoughts, and that's okay or not. We'll get my final thoughts, but I yeah. respect it. I yeah, definitely respect it. So oh God. they're in between these two bowling alleys. You know, there's like yeah. the Bolorama, then like Tasmania Bolorama or something like that, which I don't know what that was. Yeah. Well, best that was bowling summer... around, best bowling in town. Town, around? pretty much. Town. Yeah. As Taz in his blown up stage goes, Ooh. <laughs> that's just something being, being crowds you like. Ah, Taz, you, you have, I love that you and me can bond over which bowling alley we love. This is a good father-son moment. I drive it to the other pool. That's a great line. It's almost a Simpsons line. I love how we can bond over which bowling alley we love. <laughs> Honestly, but yeah. They arrive at, at one of the bowling alleys, and you get two, you get the, hey, it's trick bowling day. Sounds like another bogus plot device we'll forget about in a few scenes. <laughs> also Hugh mentions ball tossing expertise is that another vulgar term Mark like the like tossing I can't the salad. talk right now I'm tossing my salad yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you're very good at multitasking um, then um, yeah so the big crowds about because they go in Taz is behind we see this ginormous like evil it's this evil spy organization and this is where we get the moment where, where, yeah. where exactly and this when Rob Paulson's character is like yeah it's not evil. we'll take him which hold on it's Rob Paulson voicing a character who's evil whose plan is to do something to maybe take over the world here under protest and... is Tasmania <laughs> Um, I don't know, maybe. Um, maybe. And, and they go, yeah, right? okay, okay. Listen, you were sending you two spies down to the bowling alley to keep an eye on them, keep an eye on this bowling ball. Go down there. <laughs> and what we have... For reasons we cannot explain now! What is pretty much, yeah. And what happens is two of the spies... Oh my god, I love this bit. Are they both voiced by Rob? One of them is the wife. The wife is voiced by Rob. Who voices the, the first one? I thought the wife was Jess, but it's probably Rob and Jess in some combination. Yeah. Um, but they're they're spies who are uh, playing a married couple who are 
I, I just love the reveal. Um, excuse us, we're tourists from uh, Cleveland. Um, excuse us, we're tourists from uh, Cleveland. Um, are you fellows trick bowlers? Well, we've been known to upend a few pins. Hey, stole the humble stuff. We're the trickiest trick bowlers around these parts. Well, we're just tourists from Cleveland, but we just love trick bowling. Say, how about if we give you a rousing 10-pin exhibition? The whole thing is that they're supposed to distract uh, you and, and Drew with some bowling stuff. And it's like, yeah, besides, we got to give Taz time to do whatever this cartoon's about. Cartoon's <laughs> about. Cheeky bastards. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but um, I, I will say that when Taz does go into the bowling alley and there is some some slapstick moments involving oh him God, yeah. and the spies, is where this cartoon really does great uh, comedic work with Taz. Yes, he's, he's still <laughs> sidelined, but I feel he's a little more integral to the plot in this one than he was in the uh, first one. So for that, uh, I do kind of give it a, a higher um, marks for that. No pun intended. Um <laughs> But I like the bit like where he, Taz is like thrown into the next room and he, he rips all the felt off the pool table. I love that. It's just a nice sweeping yeah. motion. That's good. Um, but I also love him coming back uh, and try, doing his Courage the Cowardly Dog impression, essentially. And then you going, it's okay, son. No need to warn me of danger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have the orange ball again. Uh, You'll like it more than I do. Yeah. Also, around here, Drew, I believe, mentions a bowling move called the San Andreas spin after something explodes in the next room. Because there's a whole thing where I think, like, there's a bomb attached to some bowling pins, and Taz yeah. takes the, the bomb outside, and it goes off, and the pins, uh, it gives it gives Hugh a strike. And so he mentions, oh, yeah, that's the San Andreas spin, which that's a wild joke when you really think about it. But there's an exchange that, that the villains have where it's like, okay, new plan. And then uh, the the wife goes, oh, not the wait behind the pins while the unfunny one bowls it plan. Clarence Lodd, I question your aptitude of this spy stuff. <laughs> These villains are so funny. The writing is so good. <laughs> the, the dialogue is amazing in this, honestly. Oh, it's, it's just, it's all yeah. so well written. There's a bit after that where after the next one fails as well, Rob Paulson is the Scottish guy comes out. Allow me to try the direct approach, will ya? <laughs> Just going over there and asking for it. And um, it's also there is um, also the um, Taz's father does say as all the spies gather around, he's like, oh hey, the people of Cleveland, hey, listen, the the more the merry melody, you know. I was like, oh okay, all right. That's very cheeky of them. Um, but yeah, there's a whole thing where he tries to explain, like, oh, okay, give me over the, um, give me the, the, the ball. And you know, hey, wait, you're the guy from the, the thing. And he's, what's great about, the, I love this as well, where he's about to just go on and reminisce and he, and, and the director <laughs> stops the flashback in its tracks where he's like, okay, hold everything. It reminds me of a time back in the old days when I, no, stop. You are a clever spy, aren't you, laddie? But trying to flash back your way out of this won't help you now. The other great exchange, which I thought was hysterical, was, was Hugh and Drew going, can't we blah, blah, or yakety-schmackety about this? I was wondering when you'd yakety-schmackety this episode. So good.
And so we get towards our ending. So as they're, they're arguing about how I know the power of this orange bowling ball, and like, we don't get it, as Taz is, as they're holding it, and then the bowling ball starts to crack open. The music swells. It's, oh my God, don't you see what you have done? It's happening. Hmm. It's, it's big. It's ginormous. And as we come over to Taz, how has it? As he looks inside, and it's the end. It ends. That's the. <laughs> end. I like that better, actually. I like that yeah. better than the first one, yeah. because at least it's you can actually it's 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 in the most meta way. It's like that's what they're trying to prevent happening: the end of the cartoon. They want the madness to keep going on as long as possible. But it also works because, like you know. <laughs> It actually tells us what the payoff is instead of just going, you know what? We're not going to tell you. It's not important. Yeah. But um, yeah, the big important thing that's so horrifying to everyone is just the end of the cartoon. So I think that's pretty fitting. It is. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more palatable. And can I just say, are you, were you kind of amazed at with how meta this episode was? And maybe it's because it was 1995, so they didn't have the, the technology to pull off this effect. But it's gonna be how they did once do a thing where like, like, like maybe the ending is it's like oh it's terrible it's awful white flash cut to the Tasmania writing room. <laughs> um, how do we end so it? So what happens after this? How do we end this? Uh, fuck. Fuck. Um. God, then, you see, I thought I'd be prepared then, for this. All these years of, of of screenwriting school down the drain for nothing. <laughs> Fuck! And then one of them says, "Want to finish this up after lunch?" Yeah, I'll just get up and leave, and that's the end. Ah, sure. Dun, 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 dun. That would have been so good, but the editing we got was actually really good. I, I like this ending because it's more fitting. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Um, <sighs> I respect. One of my final thoughts here. I respect the hell out of the meta contextual nature of this episode, but so you don't like it. No, no, actually, I do really like it, but uh, there, there's a part of me that has to go like, okay, if I'm a kid watching this, how fucking confused would I be? And I think the answer would be very, <laughs> like, it's like, from the, literally from the jump, you'll feel like they're doing a bit that if you didn't see the first road to Tasmania, which is in 95, who knows, yeah. you know... We're burning these off. <laughs> pretty much. Like, I... It, it just, if you're watching this going, okay, I I, I think I know what they're doing. Uh, uh, Mom, what is this? Oh, oh sweetie, Help. Help, please. My little, my little seven-year-old brain's confused, and also, but nevertheless, the action sequences and the animation throughout of impressive moments, and when Taz does do, yeah, yeah, Taz is more active in this episode, he plays more of a role in this episode, which I think makes it a more fitting Tasmania yeah. episode, frankly. Yeah. And um, yeah, good. Uh, it was good. However, I do feel this is an episode that was way ahead of its time. I think th th this is something that cartoons now would do, not 
<laughs> all the way back in 95. Yeah. Honestly, fuck them kids. I love this one. Um, <laughs> I, I I didn't even think about that perspective. I was like, okay, here I am as a, a 28-year-old guy watching this. This is perfect. This is honestly, this is not perfect, but this is genius. Like, yes, this is a derivative cartoon, but that's the point. I think this landed so late in production that the writers were just tasked to have fun with it and made a much more meta and self-aware version of Road to Tasmania, an episode they already really liked. I enjoyed the escalation of the concept, how ridiculous the gags were in the last third, and just how fitting the ending was. It's not perfect. Perhaps I'm being generous in in, in liking this so much, but it really seemed right up my alley. And I think that because I like more meta stuff, stuff that has fun. I had a with, feeling. Yeah, no, it, it's it. I like the meta stuff. I like stuff that plays with conventions and plays with you know people mm-hmm. playing roles in their own cartoons. And I think that this was, yeah. as a revisionist postmodern farce of its own cartoon show i thought this was honestly genius and i think more people need to see this just for the curiosity's sake absolutely i will give you that i think more people should watch this thankfully for for prepping this episode maybe you guys have watched it which cool i hope so (laughs) all right as for anvil ratings i'm giving this a three out of five anvils and i'm giving it a four out of five anvils because i enjoyed it a great deal but I'm crazy, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> All right. Let's see what you guys had to say about these weird-as-hell Tasmania episodes. All right, we have a comment here from the Pemmy and James pod, uh, which is probably from uh, James Irish, also a fellow patron. Thank you so much. Who um, says that while they can't wait to the episodes themselves, he can say that he has found... He has Fond memories of Tasmania. Taz has a lot of common with found animal. memories. I have found them. There they are. I remember the Tasmania. Um, <laughs> Taz has a lot of common with Animal of the Muppets. They're not deep, but they're ah. amazing foils for humor. It's bounced off of in that they're chaos and appetite given to the barely coherent form. Bull Gator and Axel were particularly good antagonists for Taz, at least according to my unreliable 30-plus-year-old memories, thanks to the frankly brilliant pairing of John Aston and Rob Polson. Mm. I don't think either of those characters in the episodes recovered, um, so I'll take your no, word no. for it. <laughs> we'll eventually get to the other characters that are, that are brought up in the theme song, but not yes, today. Yes, exactly. You know, I'm... I'm... <laughs> Uh, when we're not doing Road 2 episodes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes on to say that comedy is freaking hard. Right? Straight comedy on a consistent level for a 65 episode syndicated series is even more so. It's probably why Disney hedged their bets on adventure stories with humorous elements for the Disney afternoon shows instead of straight comedy. It's almost certainly why Tiny Tunes so hit or miss in that light. I'll be a blessing that Tasmania found its home on Saturday morning and only jumped weekdays for its final season. Right. Yeah, okay. Tasmania does seem like a good weekday show. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel it fits that mold better than than a Saturday morning cartoon. You know. Yeah. No. It's 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 cool if you just you come home, you you, you click on the TV, and then there's Tasmania. You know, it's a good comfort show. There. Saturday morning, it can only do so much. It's it's fine, but you know, it's it's sort of shrouding around other more traditional Saturday morning fare. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much, James, for your comment. Before we get to what we're covering next week, I would like to take this opportunity to thank our Patreon subscribers. That's right, we have a Patreon. If you didn't know about it, you know now. 
On Patreon, you can subscribe to That's Not Quite All Folks and get plenty of goodies, such as commentaries, bonus material, full uncut episode logs, and lots of fun stuff that you will get the opportunity to have at a $1 level or a $5 level. And I would just like to thank our current patrons, including Andrew, Triscrew, James Irish, Sam Adams, the person, not the drink, my cousin Neil, and Judy M. for giving to this wonderful podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of that, go to patreon.com slash TNQAF. Trust me, it'll be worth it. All right. So for next week's episode, we are going not only back to Looney Tune movies, we've been gone for so long, um, <gasps> but two at this point of recording based on circumstances the most recent looney tune direct movie just in general up-to-date looney tunes movie which is taz quest for burgers yeah uh this is a movie that was uh commissioned by the same team that brought us King Tweety. Not the same exact animation team and director, directorial team, but basically the same people that said there should be a direct-to-DVD Tweety uh, movie also said there should be a direct-to-video uh, Taz movie because it's for the same kid audience and the same sort of animation style and budget. So um, we're going to be covering that next week. It has gotten varying reviews from uh, a lot of different people that we trust. It's not a movie that, like, set the fandom on fire. You know, like, when it came out, it's not like all Looney Twitter was like, no. oh, my God, Taz Westbrook. In fact, when Looney Twitter was freaking out about, like, oh, my God, the Looney Tunes are so screwed. We got nothing this year. Like, I, I had to go. We got a, a directed video Looney Tunes movie. And um, and what's funny about about it is that um, there's some Looney Tunes cartoons crew and talent involved with Casper Burgers. So, uh, you know, so it's kind of like this Good. this look at what's the next step after Looney Tunes cartoons because that's over now. Lost shorts notwithstanding, uh, that's over now. Okay, what's the next? evolutionary step of these Looney Tunes cartoons crew because a lot of them don't want to leave. You know? It's like, no. We enjoy doing Looney Tunes stuff. We'll have to continue doing Looney Tunes so. stuff. And this was the first one that's been yeah. released to the public. David Earth is still notwithstanding. There are some other ones that are finished that are just waiting to, to come out, but I don't know when we're going to hear about them. But um, but yeah, Ted Scratch for Burger. Um, we will probably have some Thoughts on it. I don't know whether or not they'll be good or bad, um, but they will be thoughts. Yeah. So stay tuned for that next week when we cover the 2023 film, uh, Taz Quest for Burgers. Yeah. It'll be great. All right. So that is the end of this week's episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Hallam, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If I keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow us at that underscore loony, both on Twitter and Instagram, or time in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Amazon Music. 
We have a YouTube channel where we post uh, various clips from episodes and various shorts that we're also posting on TikTok for some reason. Check those out. Uh, and also, once again, if you want to follow us and support us on Patreon, go to www.patreon.com slash TNQAF. All right. So, until next time, I'm something of another ending line saying my name, Mark Callum. And I'm an impressive callback to earlier in the episode. I'm Jordan Schmidt. And we will boo 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 yakety yakety another yada yada.